What's good, party people? This is According to Woods, and I have the honor and privilege of talking to the cat of Renegade Wrestling Dojo. She's the one, the only, Catsabella. Cat, what's going on? None much. <laughs> so, I mean, official cat of, uh, of Renegade Wrestling Dojo. I mean, how did that come about? Uh, you know, because you're 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 different and i for me i like different in my wrestling right i when I, i've got kind of the weirdest kind of acclaim of of wrestlers right now like i i obviously aisha raymond my favorite right zeta zang my favorite right uh and i might be friends with the those those two gals but also jonathan grisham who's a you know a, a person of african descent Right, and he's a catch wrestler, which I've never seen before. Have you seen Billy Robinson? You've seen all these other catch wrestlers. Shayna Baszler is a woman's catch wrestler, you know. Um, but I've never seen anything quite like Jonathan Grisham, right? And then also Danhausen. I love Danhausen, man, because uh, he's just so different, and that's one of the reasons why I love you because you're different. I- I've 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 seen obviously like you know WWE in its early incarnation, try to do Battle Cat, and that only lasted <laughs> one superstar taping. But um, you're bringing the cat back. Yeah. Uh, it was a combination of quite a few people telling me different things about myself that they seen that got me thinking about the whole cat motif, how a cat's a lot quicker and more agile. And then... It was actually Aisha that turned around and went, that's just, that's just you, that's your, your cat. <laughs> and it just kind of stuck from there. And what was your, I mean, obviously, she's the Big Fem Vader. She's Aisha Raymond, right? The Amazon, right? But Big Fem Vader now. And when she's telling you this, are you like, oh, that's how you see me? Like, and was there any trepidation? You're like, no, I'm going to be something else. Was there something else in mind that you had? Or were you like, no, no, that's 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 totally me. It wasn't really in, in the works, but it was, I was playing with the idea of like kind of a pagan witch kind of character, but it wasn't really working out and that was just before everybody started telling me that I reminded them of a cat. Wow. Wait, Pagan Witch. I, I kind of want to explore this, right? I, I, again, different, you know, um, obviously, you know, NXT UK has got Isle of Dawn. There have been, you know, in in an incarnation, there it was never addressed. You could say that, you know, Scarlett Bordeaux, you know, with 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 uh, Killer Cross or Karrion Cross in her presentation kind of which e right um yeah. but in terms of like what you're thinking like what did you hope that that incarnation of your character would become the pagan which yeah. one it, she would <laughs> the main thing was she was gonna be like she was gonna be face but not majorly face she was gonna be mean at times and uh, she had this whole I'm better than everybody else thing going on but it wasn't really working out when we put it in play 
I, I dig it, though. I mean, and this is one thing that I do. I mean, one of the many things that I love about professional wrestling, you know, and nothing against, like, MMA and other combat sports, but, like, with, with MMA, you don't necessarily get to, you know, uh, satisfy your creati- your creativity. Maybe you can with a strike or a particular submission, but in terms of what your character is and how you connect with your audience, you know, Pro wrestling, man, that that takes all the boxes. And with that all being said, I mean, I I kind of would like to have seen, you know, even a promo of such because you know it's like pig and witch, right? Like, oh man, you could get into all the religious religious aspects of whatever, and that's why the witchcraft is better than you, and you cast spells. Like, I, I'm I'm even working it out in my head, and it it, it sounds fantastic, but. Obviously, coming into Catabella, right? Um, and uh, Mick Mac, uh, our friend from the Eric Mishaw podcast, uh, says, uh, Hey, cat lady, hey, uh, hey. yeah, he's over there in Australia, so we love Mick Mac, uh, at According to Woods. But, um, wh- when you got this Catabella, right? Um, uh, did you already have the name in mind? I mean, it's it's a cool name to kind of roll off your tongue. You know, when you read it, 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 it doesn't really stick. But then when you say it, you know, and I heard it from uh, the amazing ring announcer at uh, No Backup Required, uh, Renegade Wrestling's own, right? And that it, you can find it on the Renegade Dojo uh, YouTube page. But it, it rolls right off your tongue. Is, is that, like, how did you come up with the name? It's actually a mixture of three different things. Uh, it's a, a mixture of my nana's middle name, my mum's like nickname, and the word cat just with a K. <laughs> no, that's good. I and and some of the to me, I I think uh, in terms of a name, right? Your when you combine certain aspects of what you love or who have influenced you on even a personal level, right? I mean, look at The Rock, right? His first incarnation that we got of him was Rocky Maivia. His dad's Rocky Johnson, his grandfather, the high chief, Peter Maivia, and you got Rocky Maivia, right? And, you know, that different levels of success with that, but you could imagine what that guy and it, I mean, look at what the guy ended up being, right? So, you know, overall, I think in the trajectory of his entire career, you know, Rocky Maivia definitely worked for what it was, right? Uh, a lot of people like to shit on it a little bit, but it's just like it, it was cool for what it was, right? You know, to kind of tipping the hat to the, uh, you know, to his lineage, but also you know, getting away from it, it's how he developed his own voice, right? Um, so as you're kind of going through it, right, you're like, oh, you're cat lady, then you've got Katsubella, you know, you're you're kind of like, uh, what is it, uh, mega mixing your your nanas, your, your mom, and the word cat, right? So how do you start to develop, like, who this, this persona is? And how you want it to be presented because I think it came off well, especially with your your mystery tag team partner that ended up being a London Loveless, right? That was amazing. Um, so I mean, how, how did you start to go like uh, this is this is how I want to be seen and this is how I want to be portrayed when it comes to 
um, you know, my in-ring persona. Really, it's still a work in process, but I knew that I wanted to be peppy. I wanted to be energetic and kind of really portray that kind of cat aspect. Uh, but I've recently, with that last match against Aisha, when I was a lot too, too quick for her to put me into some of her moves, I kind of thought about it and quite like the kind of cheeky aspect of being a cat. Like, they're peppy, they're sweet, but they can be a bit cheeky. And you can kind you can kind of see that in my in that last match where I was grinning whenever I got out the moves. Yeah, and again, uh, we, the the footage of the entire show will be on the Renegade Wrestling Dojo uh, YouTube page, which I can't wait to see. Uh, I have the honor of calling the match over at back, No Backup Required, which is one of the great joys of my life, and to see all of you, uh, you know all of you performers essentially, you know, become into yourselves, right? Especially after the pandemic and what have you. The the crazy thing, though, you mentioned, you know, your last match at Renegade with Big Fan Vader, who has become a, a, a trainer. She is your trainer. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, obviously, May Young Classic alumnus, the first um, tournament alumnus, uh Growing on to be a legend in Japan, that she's right on that path, right? Um, and then you're like, you look at the booking sheet, and you're like, I gotta, I gotta face my trainer, you know. And she's eons bigger than me, and how am I going to figure it out? And I, I, I like that your your mind was like, okay, well, cheeky cat, right? Because usually when you're trying to nab a neighborhood cat or what have you, it doesn't always work out. You might get a hiss. You might get whatever. I even have a instance where um, we, we had a feral cat, right? And I was going to the shower, you know, um, so I can go to work, right? This cat ends up walking between my legs where I trip, and then he basically does a backflip off the back wall, and then goes in the way, in the other direction, like nothing ever happened, right? And again, I'm hundreds of pounds bigger than this cat, but that cat figured out a way to get me off my my game plan, right? So yep. with that all being said, was was that what you were kind of going for? Uh, the whole time it was really just going through my head, just don't let her catch you, don't let her catch you, don't let her catch you. <laughs> That was the entire thing. I, I'm just in my head. And uh, it worked out in the end. But I did have a, a little help from uh, my debuting uh, House of Loveless sister, mm-hmm. uh, Jade Black. Uh, she's new to... She She's just debuted as my manager re- recently in that last... Uh, show but she will be wrestling soon yeah and and again across two shows right you know you you become i I wouldn't say an unknown right but definitely not a household name right and then you know you have london right where they're like you know there was a, a strong contingent at no backup required 
uh, for London Loveless, as well as for you. You could say that the it was 50-50 split between your fans and her fans, right? Or their fans. And with that all being said, you end up forming the House of Loveless, right? Yeah. You know, and then uh, having a manager accompanying you. That's quite a, a character transformation in just two shows, which, how's that ride been for you? It's been quite, <laughs> it's been quite the ride, uh, but Jade mainly came, came out with me because she is still quite nervous about things. So it was getting her used to being out in front of people. Uh, plus, she helped me in the end. <laughs> well, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, regardless of how young you are in the business, theoretically, you just the fact that you've stepped in between the ropes, you've worked the show, you've taken the bumps, all of that, you're still, you know, the veteran to somebody else, which I think is amazing. And you've you've carried it pretty well, right? Now, I guess to kind of circle back, right? Because we've talked about your, your current uh, day status and, and who you are as of right now. But how does a young Catsabella find pro wrestling? It didn't actually find me till my current partner, like... Previous friends has tried to get me into wrestling and it's just never worked. I just, it didn't stick with me until I started going out with my partner at the minute. And the first show he took me to was a source govern show. And that was when I started thinking, oh, this is interesting. And further down the line, I got even more interested when I started taking pictures for the wrestling. <laughs> wow. So right from the jump, right? Because I was a fan, you know, for, I mean, since my youth, right? And it wasn't until I was an adult that I go to my first wrestling show. But right off the bat, you know, you get taken and shout out to your partner for kind of like, oh, no, 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 the, the TV stuff, whatever. Let's go to a source show. And you could have gone to, uh, you know, a better show. Uh, shout out to Source Wrestling. Um, but, you know, you end up going to a live show and being in the crowd and seeing, you know, from a uh, still on the outsider point of view, but also you're amongst people who absolutely love it. You know, and assuming, you know, you you did it pre-pandemic, right? So yeah. people are like, you know, ah, whatever, drinking, you know, vaping, whatever. But it's a different, it's a different vibe than if you had just watched it at home, right? So, yeah. um, and then you, you said you ended up doing photography. How did that come about? See, uh, before I started going out with my partner, I was doing photography at college. And uh, this is about four years ago. <laughs> but uh, after that first source show, we ended up going to a reckless show. Uh, he, he was going to help out and I was just going to watch. But before that, we had ended up going into town to do a photo shoot for my college class. And as we got to the show, they were going on about not having a photographer. <laughs> And I ended up taking the pictures for them. Well, that's amazing, right? Because 
again, you're seeing all of these performers, right? And and they're deeply entrenched in their art, and you get to take your art and your skill set and apply it to this world, right? And and see it from a perspective that many don't get to do right off the bat, you know? And uh, that's and and it, it kind of might have given birth to like the spontaneity of wrestling, right? Where like somebody pulls out, you know, the, the, the person who drives a ring truck you know, whatever, and you're driving the ring truck. I think that was Molly Spartan's type of deal. Right. And then, you know, just a litany of things. And you could be like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm working the opening match. And so somebody doesn't show up and you're in the main event, right? That's the spontaneity of it. So this, uh, you know, not, not being able to have, a, a photographer at the show ended up working a, a lot better for you in terms of your optics. I, I would imagine so. And then you, you're kind of like, hmm, the the cat like senses kind of start to to prong up your 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 cat ears start to prong up, so to speak. And you're like, hey, this might be a cool thing. I mean, my partner's already doing it. He seems to like it. I I like what it brings out of him. So. Let me give it a go. That was actually <laughs> along the lines of my thinking. Like with the social, it got me interested in watching it and through taking the pictures several times, getting closer to the ring, seeing the different atmosphere from a different perspective really brought more interest into it to actually do it. And it was actually Aisha that finally convinced me to like start because she had just started doing the uh, being a trainer for it. So it was a big step in trying out. Well, I mean, it's kind of cool, right? That uh, this is all, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, overnight success and insta famous and what have you but this is where like all of the the moving pieces kind of work together in your good to welcome you to the ring right your partner's already training and helping out right uh you know you, you have this skill set of photography right you go to a live show versus watching it just on tv where you can grab a popcorn or you could go to the loo or what have you right but you're totally immersed in it right and then you kind of you know become under the the auspices of of Aisha Raymond like yeah. you couldn't have a better entry to it you know and especially like seeing all the effects a, a lot of people like I want to be a wrestler I'm one of those too like I want to be a wrestler and then I hear a bump and I'm like oh I don't want to do that anymore right but you had seen you know, him go through the motions and the ice pack and the Epsom salt and everything, and you're like, but he still loves it. Like, he's getting thrashed, but he still loves it. There might be yep. something in here for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't actually think I'd get this far, to be honest. I, start, I mainly started out, it was along the lines of, it's an exercise, it'll, it's something that will keep me fit. And then I realised I was actually good at it. 
and then that's when my mindset changed to actually being able to continue on. And it's wild, right? Because, you know, uh, you, you know, you, you're going in it like, oh, you know, the 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 exercise, the, the drills, right? Uh, those are those are things that'll help me out in terms of just maintaining a good body, right? Like, you know, just health and wealth and what have you. A lot of people get into like jujitsu or kickboxing and what have you just to, you know, end up bettering themselves, bettering their physical condition. And then they're like, oh, the trainer says, oh, you have a fight. In your case, you have a match, or let's take bumps, and it, it, it it's becoming more, right? And I, I think it's absolutely fun because again, you this isn't the path. Like photography and wrestling, unless you're like what Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette, those don't usually mix, right? But you having this partner and you guys are, you know, becoming a little bit more serious. I mean. My wife, I'm like taking her to wrestling shows. It can be, it can be a bit much, right? Because she's like, oh, this might not be my scene, what have you, right? But you're coming along with him, you know, and you're you're kind of seeing the the passion that he has, right? The passion of the folks around him, you know, and it's just like, hmm, I want some of that. What is that? What is that 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 magic dust? And let's let's see what I can do with it. <laughs> so what was that first day of uh training like right because i would think it would be like light years different than uh, a college photography class right <laughs> <laughs> it didn't end well oh really uh we were going through bumps and stuff at first because it was private lessons that i started out on just to get used to, like, the different little little things first before I went to the group class. And uh, I think I took three th- front bumps and had to go. <laughs> it didn't end well in my stomach. <laughs> oh, that's rough. That's uh, But that's what happens. And yep. that's why... My utmost respect, you know, even if you're not the greatest of worker, right? The fact that you've done it and even running the ropes, like we saw Enzo Amore. That's when I've, like, I've been watching wrestling for 20 years at least up until that point, right? And when he gets shot into the rope and nearly gets decapitated, I'm all like, whoa. And then I remembered back to like, it was like an MTV True Life, I Want to Be a Wrestler. And there's like there's a way that you have to approach the rope. You almost have to lean in, otherwise you'll get bit. And I put the two and two together, and I was like, ah. Oh. But it looks like you know every match is centered around you know somebody running the ropes or an Irish whip or what have you. So you take it for granted. But like literally the physical tax that it takes on your body, like you said, front two front bumps, that's it. Like I might lose my lungs here, you know, like you know. But you came back. You came back. Uh, It was like the middle of the lesson after the front bumps and we just moved on to like grappling and stuff a wee bit to finish off. Now, how did you take to to grappling? Because I, 
I love in terms of all of combat sports, right? I think that would that would be my favorite discipline because you can see uh, somebody who is you know outweighed by you know 20, 40, 80, 100 plus pounds, right? Just lay waste to somebody that again is you know outweighs them by a considerable amount that might be taller, right? And for me, I I feel like every Every gal, for sure, but everyone should be you know, take some sort of grappling course, right? But females specifically, because again, you know, living in the world without, you know, I mean, with men, like we can, it, it, it's it can be a scary place, right? But if you can tie somebody up, right, and get pushed to the ground or whatever, and you lock somebody up in a submission, you know, that is. That is possible versus if you're a boxer or a Muay Thai fighter or a karate fighter. And nothing against those disciplines, but if you get pushed to the ground, that's about it. Your whole arsenal goes right out the window, right? So, uh, you know, your first grappling class, right? Were you the most undersized person there? Yeah, I'm only 4'11". So, (laughs) I am... The smallest person in the class, <laughs> completely. Uh, but it is a struggle sometimes. It just, with a lot of practice, you get a lot better at things. And it took quite a lot of practice for me to do stuff to the bigger people. Yeah, and again, you know, going with the understanding, like you wanted to go and, you know, get better, right, in terms of your conditioning and what have you, I think that's a good way of understanding your body's biomechanics, right? To here's somebody who's bigger. I mean, everybody's bigger in this particular instance. Everybody's bigger than me. How am I going to use my body to kind of thwart them? That's why I dug, like, especially when it comes to, like, you know, pro wrestling, like AJ Lee. AJ Lee was often undersized. Spike Dudley, to another extent, was vastly undersized. But figured out a way to essentially get, you know, their their entire body to wrap around their foe that they would ensure themselves a victory or at least a path to victory where it wouldn't be so mismatched. You know, on paper it looked mismatched, but it's it's not. Heck, another one of my favorite wrestlers today. I don't know. Have you seen Microman? I don't think so. He's a luchador, and he's maybe about two feet tall. He's tiny. I mean, I guess in English it would be microman, but it's Spanish. It's it's mic microman, but he's yay big. Like uh, out of the uh, the dwarf wrestlers and what have you, he is probably the smallest that I've ever seen. And I found out, well, his dad is actually. Um, I don't know if you've seen the clip, but there was like a clip of a CMLL um, uh, uh, match, and there was like this little like monkey, jet, like a, like a, a dwarf person in a monkey suit, and then somebody gets shoot, shot off the rope, and that that wrestler that gets shot off the rope basically uh, runs into this monkey person, right? And makes him do a front bump, almost like a 360 flip into the first row, right? Well, that is Microman's father, right? So uh, a, a dwarf luchador, one of the, the, the smallest, right? Giving birth to another one. And 
this micro man, man, you got to see it. I'm going to send you clips, but you know, in, in those instances, right. They're able to use their entire body to kind of thwart foes that are considerably bigger on paper. Right. So in that grappling class, like, you know, how, how much did it help you figure out your, your body and, and what you could versus what you couldn't do um, when it came to grappling? It was a because I'm in small list, it was a lot of getting used to the different proportions of everybody else as well as what I'm limited to. So it helps a lot to have like a big bigger class that way you're not just doing it for the one size and our our full class is it's not huge but it's big enough to have a variety yeah no and variety is the spice of life as they say right um so how like what after you start training right are you starting to maybe watch things, you know, watch particular wrestlers and see how they do? Or will you just kind of focus on, on trading? It's a mix of both. If my partner's watching it, I'll watch along kind of thing. I'll, I'll go out of my way if there's like a move that I've thought of that I'm looking to see if anybody else has done it and see how they've done it kind of thing or uh, I, wa I watch Wrestlemania with them and stuff like that as well so there's, there's that but quite a lot of it is I'm focused on training yeah no 100% and uh, Patrick Levine says cool uh, shout out to you Patrick now um what, who are some of the wrestlers that you might have watched, right, to kind of get a little bit of inspiration by? Obviously, you have your partner, so you're watching, you know, all of his ins and outs about the pro wrestling business. Um, but who else were you watching around this time in your infancy uh, in your pro wrestling career? Mainly people that are roughly about the same height as me. So Alexa Bliss was one that I frequently watched from all of all of her old stuff as well as quite a lot of her new stuff. Uh, uh, apart from that, there was it was mainly just that was the only one I really focused on. Uh, apart from that, it was just like other shows or watching with with him. Yeah, you know, I, I love that you mentioned Alexa Bliss because, I mean, of course, she's getting a lot of flack for, and it's nothing of her doing, right? You know, they the boss tells you one thing, hey, you're going to be paid, paired with The Fiend, right? And you guys are going to do this storyline and what have you. And, you know, the pandemic hits, right? And you essentially, you, he, he gets fired, right? He gets fired and a lot of the blowback goes on you because you're the only one there, especially the fact that Wyndham Rotunda, you know, the man behind the Fiend character and behind Bray Wyatt, he's hasn't booked a date since he, his initial release, right? So she's getting all of the brunts of 
the hatred for the people that love the fiend and wondered why Vince and the crew, you know, let him go. Right. So, but a lot of people forget how talented this she is. Right. I mean, she's a, a fitness performer, uh, you know, like bodybuilder such cheerleader. Right. And to me, cheerleading, especially when you get into the injuries, cheerleading to me is as much of a sport than anything else. Right. Yep. Um, so she has this athletic background, right? In her NXT run early on, I think she worked a couple of uh, matches with a young pre-FTR, pre-revival Scott Dawson. I can't remember what is Cash Wheeler and something or other are their names now, right? But they they were actually doing like a like a redneck gimmick, right? And she was like the, the redneck girlfriend of this whatever, right? And then. She gets paired up with uh, Murphy and I, I forget his tag team partner, but uh, uh, they lead to a, you know, a tag team, uh, uh, NXT tag team championship run with her as a manager. But her sparkle splash, right? Alexa Bliss's sparkle splash is one of the most impressive visual moves and athletic moves that I've ever seen in pro wrestling. Like, you know, how she starts up, perched on the top rope, and then she rotates herself almost like a pizza. Like a, a people who are flinging the pizza dough. Like, and just goes right uh, the opposite way in midair. It's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. One of the damnedest things I've ever seen. So that's a great, great inspiration to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ashley Rose Nova, the good sister there, saying, hey, what's going on, Ash? Hope you're well, and uh, folks, go ahead and check her out on all of her social medias, as well as the Twitch streams, because, uh, I mean, she, even before I was doing the pro wrestling, Ashley Rose Nova was uh, covering pro wrestling, and uh, she's a hell of a, a Twitch streamer. That's a, that's a good sister right there. Um, now, talk to me about your, your when you knew you were going to have your first match. Uh, what was, how long had you been training? And what was your initial reaction? If the, the t- amount of time that I've been training, if you were to take away the, the part of the year that was on lockdown and you weren't allowed to do anything and added up the little bits, probably roughly a year, a year and a bit maybe. But... Uh, that's mainly due to like the the lockdowns and stopping and starting. But uh, I just started training just before the first lockdown. Uh, so it hasn't been that long, really. If if you were to take away all the different bits where you've had, you've had to stay inside, but no, the first time we found out about the show and putting it together and everything. It was it was quite intimidating for everybody because it was it was first show for everybody apart from one person or other, I think, roughly. So it was the first time being in front of a crowd for most of us. Uh, and I think once we had all kind of like thought about it and started helping each other with 
the nerves and stuff. And we had got together the the show and then the split happened from Fierce Females and then we all we had actually all ended up in a Starbucks to talk about what was going to happen but once the show started and there was no there was no really any nerves after that it was all just kind of you've got this you've got this (laughs) just go out there yeah, absolutely. And my goodness, uh, what a way to put Starbucks over because the, the brilliancy of Renegade Wrestling Dojo, right? And it's now two shows, right? Um, there's brilliance. There's, I mean, and the talent that I've seen on the card, so promising, so promising. And when you think about it, right? Because you mentioned it, pandemic happened, right? And a lot of you guys and, and gals, um, you know, you had just started within the pandemic or right before the pandemic or right before the first lockdown. And, you know, it was just like, you know, when you start training, right, you, you have stars in your eyes, so to speak, right? Because it, it's something to get you through the bumps that you're taking today, the the meals that you're whatever, right? Um, you're like, but one day. I'm going to be able to make a tap. One day I'm going to be able to debut. One day, you know, I'm going to be booked on this promotion, that promotion, and what have you, right? All of these things, right? Because it helps you get through the treacherous times of what you're going through at the time during training, right? But how did the lockdown, you know, uh, sit well with you? And especially, like, how did you keep yourself positive and, and busy throughout that time? Because it hit a lot of people really bad and it's still reverberating to this day but how did it affect you and and how you saw yourself in in pro wrestling to it's awkward to think about because it's been so long now it's practically a year and a half now since the first lockdown roughly but uh if i remember rightly most of it we spent going on that daily walk you were allowed, uh, maybe doing a little bit of hold for holds in the in the flat with my partner, and it was just a daily. We'd always check up on each other on the group chat for renegades and things like that, just to keep each other up. And I think it's brilliant. I really do. Because the fact that you had a partner, like, you guys can go through drills. You can basically go and pick his brain for what he'd known because he'd already been in the business and go, this is what we're doing. Yep. Now, how did it... How was that time for him? Did you see him, you know, kind of go through the motions? I mean, this is because this is a time where you guys can feed off of each other, right? Um, But obviously it had to hit him hard because he had been, you know, doing it for a couple of years up until that point, right? And, you know, looking forward to, to live shows being back, you know, you're in it, right? That's a new 
vigor that he has behind him, right? Not just his own love, but he has you training. He has you as a partner. Like, there's a lot going for him. And then it all gets taken away unceremoniously. Like, what was watching him go through it like? It was it, it was awful. He was not taking it very well. He was wanting he was wanting to train all the time. Uh, he had <laughs> it's weird to say this, but I debuted before him. But uh, with the lockdown and that, uh, he got really upset because of. Uh, it was taking longer for classes to go back, for him to train and all that. And he had been putting weight on to get up a level because he, he wasn't weighing enough for his own mental health kind of thing. And he had got up to roughly about what he wanted. But I, in, during the lockdown... He actually caught COVID uh, and it made him lose all the weight. Wow. That I mean, I I ended up getting it pretty bad around mid-August 2021. And it, I mean, I thought I was going to die. There was several occasions where I was just like, nope, that's it. If I close my eyes and it's a wrap. I, I have to be satisfied. Yes, there's more to be done, my family to be raised and everything like that. But I mean, if it's it, my body is literally shutting down. That's a wrap, you know? And, you know, it kind of made it a little bit sweeter when he eventually does make his debut, you know, literally going through the gamut of what you can, you know, you know, the emotional part of it is just wild to me, right? Like, you're wrestling, you're doing your thing, you know, you have a partner who's not into wrestling at first, ends up becoming, I mean, liking it, one, you know, open enough to go to a show, and then now photography, so now we're both working behind the scenes, and then now she starts training, what have you, like, and then, you know, of course, like, he's supportive, but then it's just like, wow, she started after me, and she's having her first match right um and seeing him go through it right and he's seeing you go through it too and really building a foundation you know uh, of course like i said like it hit a lot of people really hard right and it, it reverberates to this day but the if you develop a, a sort of relationship right it, it either you know sanctified it even more or solidified it if it was already if, if your relationship was already there, right? So you're, you're getting to feed off of each other. But having that first match, right, makes it all that much sweeter because all of the craziness that was going on in the world or whatever, you have your, your gem. You have your gem, right? Because, you know, coal without pressure, you know, yeah. is just a lump of coal, right? But you got this diamond in, in your match, something that you both were working so hard towards and then it happens you know and I think it was a, a really good uh, experience that a lot of the, the the folks on the card were in a similar scenario right and and similar level of experience right where you yeah. didn't have to go it alone you know uh, you know oftentimes 
and it's all about perception. But most people will say, like, I was the rookie with all of these veterans, you know, people that have been to the bigger shows and what have you. And now I'm just this tepid little person or whatever, you know, and I'm not saying that's male, female, that's, you know, you could be six foot eight and green as grass and you'll still have that, you know, weirdness about you. Right. And I think it was really beautiful that you get to, you know, you get to kind of expand yourself for the first time in front of a loving audience and an audience that was, it was jam packed at, at the source wrestling school, which is for a first show. That's amazing. Right. And then the only veterans that were on the card, well, uh, other than the future shock, Tom Fulton, shout out to the future shock. I uh, got the best gear in the business. Uh, but, you know, the, the two veterans, uh, Regina Rosendahl and Aisha Raymond, they're working towards the top. Right. You know, Aisha uh, works, uh, works a match with another um, fierce alumnus. And then. Regina and Brody Adler, uh, they battled it out in a, in a battle of the behemoths, right? So, you know, it, it's it's a lot of, a lot less pressure that everybody is kind of on the same plane and what have you. Is that and that's just me kind of outside looking in. Well, is that how you felt? Yeah, uh, it wasn't the first time I had met Tom, so it it was. It was a fun experience to be on the same show as him. I've taken pictures of his matches before, and it was really a different perspective. Uh, Regina, that was that was my first time meeting Regina, I, I believe. I think so. Uh, but she she's absolutely lovely, and it was just such a an honour to be basically in the same room as her. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's wild, too. And I, I think, uh, and they just had a match, uh, Aisha Raymond and uh, Regina Rosendahl, uh, but it, it's it's wild. And uh, Regina uh, is a friend of the show, as is Big Fan Vader. We do a weekly show, her uh, Big Fan Vader and I. But it's kind of cool because Regina is almost the Aisha Raymond of you know, FCF over in her homeland, right? And, you know, you have two veterans, like legit veterans, right, uh, in Regina and Aisha. Then you've got the future shock, Tom Fulton. And if you guys have questions about matches or what have you, you have three veterans that literally have a world of advice between the three yep. of them. Plus, the, you know, the, the folks there at Source, right? And it's just like this this great nurturing environment. And you don't necessarily get that in wrestling. I mean, when you think about like Hulk Hogan and oh, Hulk Hogan, but you know, the first time that he goes into the snake pit in Tampa, Florida, you know, Hiro Matsudo breaks his leg, breaks his leg, mm-hmm. right? That is totally different from what the experience that you had. And I think that's, I think that's cool. <laughs> Now, talk to me about uh, the House of Loveless, right? Uh, obviously, you in London end up tagging on the first show. Uh, they end up being your tag team partner, your mystery tag team partner after the match, the aforementioned match with Future Shock Tom Fulton. But when do you figure out, like, hey, we've got chemistry here, right? 
like we should really make a go of being a tag team. When does that come about? Well, really, we're not a tag team. We're a faction. Uh, the House of Love Lost is a faction within Renegades. We have three people now. Well, with uh, London as our figurehead. And it was just after the show and we realised we could be great together, but we also want to go our individual ways. Uh, and Jade, the new girl that uh, came out as my manager, she is our little darling gem with just recently joined us in the faction, which is probably why she got kidnapped by the Struggle Sisters. Ooh. If you've seen that video. <laughs> yeah, man. And talk about, you know, a, a duo that is just wreaking havoc, right? And it's it's wild because just this week, the Steiner brothers are the final inductees to the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2022, right? And the Struthers sisters, Maven and Raven, man, they rem just in terms of the aura, they remind me of a young Rick and Scott Steiner back in the day. Just the fear that it would impose. Maybe even like the Dr. Death Steve Williams and Bam Bam Terry Gordy, the, the Miracle Violence collect Collection. Um, Jesus Christ, man. The Struthers. Uh, first off, I mean, how do you combat those two? Because they are a scary duo. I've seen the pictures. I've, I've commentated the, the first card they are wild and reckless they they fit into like 1970s wrestling where they would just run roughshod you know like the fans would try to slash their tires or throw battery acid or you know stab them they're, they're that old school heel they're whoa, whoa, man they they give me shivers down my damn spine right so yeah. knowing that that's going about like how do you at the house decide like hey we might tangle with these people because they're on the roster they're making the same towns as us they're on the same cards but we need to make an impact on them they're they're the big dogs in the yard really with the Struffer sisters uh there is no simple way to get them down what we decided to try and do was tire them out first before attacking them. But uh, with their whole persona, they they really, they really, really get the crowd. But like, they get booed. They get some people even cheer for them because they like it. And it's just a whole atmosphere when it's. They they come out. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a shrill. Like it's a it's a. It almost reminds me of the Undertaker, right? You could add the Ultimate Warrior beforehand, or Macho Man Randy Savage, and this big presentation, the Heart Foundation, or whatever. But when the gong hits and the fucking lights go out, the mood fucking changes. My goodness, right? And that's the aura. That the the Struthers sisters emote, that's what they get. I I look at them. I was scared. Like you could go back and watch the no backup required 
uh, footage, I'm doing commentary. I have a tremble in my voice because of the sheer, like, enormity of and destruction that the fucking Struthers uh, definitely put out. Like, and I could only imagine what it must be to be in the ring with them, right? And that's a hell of a strategy, right? Like, I'm going to tire them yeah. out, right? Maybe I'll chop the legs, right? Like, you know, because I got to take them down. Because otherwise, good fucking luck. That's it. Yep. Like uh, it might be, it might be it for me. You know, even if they take a tumble, and I'm there. You know, a la King Kong Bundy WrestleMania three with like uh, one of the dwarf wrestlers, right? Like it could have been over. It could have been over, right? And again, the Strother sisters are just oh, scary, man. But kudos yep. to you. You know, so early on in your career that you're facing off with these two behemoths, right? That's what they are. They're mean. They're nasty. They're like the fucking nasty boys. Like this, they remind me of so many great tag teams, right? But you and London, right? Willing to just like, hey, fuck it. They're big. They're scary. But I want that win. I want to be able to go to the pay window, right? With, with the victory purse versus then somebody that has the participation, hey, thanks for coming, because that's not going <laughs> to cover gas, right? That's not going to cover the petrol. I need a win, right? So, you know, kudos to you in London for so early in your, your respective careers going toe-to-toe with the Struthers. Yep. Th- that, that plan was really all about tire them out, separate them, because together, they will destroy. But separate, we might be able to take them. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. You know, uh, divide and conquer, right? That's a very great, you know, uh, war strategy that has permeated, you know, through the pantheons of, of war, right? And it's, you know, it is it is an art of war, right? Because if the Struthers get a hold of you, at full force, it could be the end. Not just the end of the wrestling career, but end of the life. They're that vicious. My goodness. And again, as you can say, I I am speaking very highly of him. Not, not to dissuade you in London, because I think the world of you two as well, but I'm literally half the world away. And I think yep. that if the, on the video waves that the Struthers hear that me besmirching them in any way or them perceiving me of me besmirching them, I might shut off the lights and then the Struther sisters will be at my damn doorstep ready to beat the shit out of me. So I'm scared of them, you know? And again, that much more of the respect for you in London and the House of Loveless because you guys are like, you know what? I see you. And I think I, I think I could win. <laughs> yeah. Now, I notice uh, because in in many ways, right, you're a long way from the the photography student in college. You might still be doing that, right? But wrestling has definitely made its mark on you because when you went like that, I saw, I think I saw a tattoo, a tattoo of a, a turnbuckle. So what significance does that have on you? Uh, it was my partner after he debuted 
I wanted to get the Tumbaku tattoo as a sign of debuting. It's yeah. it's the it's what holds the rope onto the posts. Yeah, it's so, a turnbuckle, yeah. Yep. It's basically just a sign of debuting and if a res if a wrestler sees a normal person that they know hasn't wrestled a day in their life, they will walk away from them. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But uh, the symbolism, I, I just think it's amazing that you were, were able to immortalize, you know, his years of training culminating in that one first match and being able to, that's with you forever, you know? So, yep. uh, yeah, that's amazing. I, I, I just absolutely love it. Um, now, before we go, um, do you have any dream matches that you want to, you know, as you're starting to, establish yourself in your own wrestling career. Um, is there any call-outs that you have or uh, people that you think you might match up well with? <laughs> I don't really... I'm not really one for thinking about this, to be honest, right now. Uh, with I'm still... Even though I've debuted, I'm still learning quite a lot. Uh, but... I've actually had one of my dream matches. <laughs> that was with Aisha. Uh, that was one of my list, my bucket lists <laughs> to have a match with Aisha, and it happened in the last show. That's not bad, right? To have, and again, the wealth of experience that she's had. Again, uh, alumnus of the the first WWE May Young Classic. Um, you know, a, I mean. Sh- Especially as you guys were coming out of lockdown, literally the belt collector, right? Like as Kenny Omega was losing his titles, Aisha was gaining them just all over the world, you know? Um, So that's pretty cool that you get to check that off of your bucket list so early in your career. And I think that's amazing. And I I think, uh, you know, that's a... Nice little test that that Aisha put in front of you, and like oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to add. I'm going to be your administer, and you're going to have to deal with it. You know, like the Struthers, that's one. But I'm the one you need to worry about. I I absolutely love it. Let's. Uh, that's why was, she's just so brilliant in terms of her mind for wrestling, and why she's so sought after the world over. You know, so that's amazing. That's amazing. But speaking of amazing, there has been a lot of people, both professionally and personally, that have basically given birth to the shining star that is Kat Sabella, right? So take as long as you need. Let's get some shout-outs out of the way. Well, <laughs> Aisha's been really the big kind of starting point. Uh I'll, I'll uh, another shout out. Uh, I'll do it for a partner. Uh, you 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 know him. Uh, obviously, you've done a interview with him recently. Uh, Leo McLean. Uh, <laughs> I don't really have anybody else to share. <laughs> What about the family? Which I got to, uh, that was one thing I wanted to ask you. What was your, like you're going to university, right? And you have that career set and then you're like, 
I'm going to wrestle too, right? <laughs> what, what was their reaction? At first, my mum didn't really like it. Uh, but after I showed her, I think it was some of the videos we took of the private class uh, where it was just me and my partner. And we were just doing different moves and stuff. And she, I think she enjoyed me seeing me beat him up. <laughs> but uh, I don't even know if mom's going to see this, to be honest. It'll be our little secret. <laughs> yeah, and you guys in the According to Woods uh, chats, let's not let Catabella's mom know. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> No, that's amazing. Now, uh, obviously, uh, there are people that are going to see this and they want a little bit more of Catsabella who want to connect with you on the socials. So uh, where can they do that? Uh, well, on Facebook, um, I'm really bad at posting, but I have a Facebook page that's just that just says Catsabella. And... Uh, it is the same picture as the the one that was on for this. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at a second at cats cats a wrestler. Mm -hmm. So it's just the first bit bit of my name, and then wrestler after it. Um, I think that's all I've got. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And I did link your Twitter right below. So uh, it's there. You don't have to look for far to find a little bit more of Catsabella. Well, Kat, I, I thank you so much for doing this. Uh, this has been uh, such a joy, such a joy. And uh, again, not just me, right? If you want a little bit more of Catsabella, Scottish Wrestling Network, they've also got an amazing, amazing uh, interview and podcast with her, which you definitely got to check out. Uh, shout out to Scottish Wrestling Network. Just love uh, everything that they're doing. I love the Scottish scene, love the UK scene. So again, it's such an honor to have you here and it's such an honor to have you guys here at According to Woods. And uh, thank you guys for for being here, for doing this, for the support. And if you haven't already done so, go ahead and like, share, and subscribe to the According to Woods podcast on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. I mean, Kat Sabella, you're subscribed to the podcast, aren't you? Yep. I'm, I'm subscribed. It's quite fun to watch all the, the different interviews. Oh, thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. So be like Katsabella and go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube uh, and Facebook and all of the other channels. But if you don't believe me, you don't believe Kat, and I don't know why you wouldn't. Well, here's a contemporary of Aisha Raymond, a uh, May Young Classic alumnus herself. Here's Zeta Zang to help convince you. Hey, this is Zeta Zang. Make sure you subscribe to According to Woods YouTube.